first Wednesday service for the uh, for the month of September. Kind of in the I guess hit the lights get a little dark in here. <laughs> Can y'all see me? <laughs> there we go. Y'all doing good tonight? Doing well, man. We uh, just want to reiterate again. Thank you guys so much for making this first year that Tamara and I have been here at New Life such a wonderful experience. We love this church. We love the people of this church, and we're so honored and so thankful to be a part of it. But come on, y'all give yourselves a hand for being a part of what God is doing here at the church. Man, I'm so excited what, what God is doing, and man, it's a, it's a great, 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 great time to be here. And uh, again, this is our first Wednesday service for the month of September. I'm excited to, uh, to be able to share it with you guys tonight. And um, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, you can follow along. The title of tonight's message is, What Do You Believe? What do you believe? Y'all can write that down. What do you believe? And if you have the app, you can follow along in the app. We have all the notes available on the app, so you can follow along with that. But if you're taking notes, just write that down. What do you believe? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that we can feel you in a real, tangible way. And I thank you right now that by your presence, by your spirit, that we lean in, we draw closer to you, that you speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What do you believe? What do you believe? When you look back over the course of your walk with the Lord, it's always the beginning that seems like it's the most special time. It's always the beginning that feels like, man, that's the most passionate I've ever been in the Lord. It's when you first believe. And I got to thinking, what what are some of the things that people believe? You know, people believe a lot of crazy stuff. They believe a lot. Some people believe in Santa Claus. They believe Santa Claus is real. Some people believe that if you step on a crack, you break your mama's back. That's what they believe. They, you step on a crack, you break your mama's back. They believe if you walk under a ladder, that's seven years bad luck. That's what some people believe. They believe that if, you, if it's cold outside, you need to put something on your head. Have you ever heard that before? Some people believe that. They believe the earth is flat. Some people believe the earth is flat. Some people believe that it's okay to run a red light if nobody's around. Nobody's there to watch, so I might as well run it because how am I going to get in trouble? Some people believe Elvis and Tupac are on an island somewhere having a grand old time. There's a lot of crazy things that people believe. Some people believe in the Loch Ness, Loch, Loch Ness, Loch Ness Monster. I'm getting my words mixed up. The Loch Ness Monster and the Bigfoot. They believe that those things are real. But the question remains is there are certain things in life that we have to ask ourselves, why do I believe what I believe? Why do I believe what I believe? When it comes about your faith in God, why do you believe what you believe? Is it because your mother told you this is what you should believe? Did you, you, well, I go to church and I believe in God because my mom said that's what I should do. Do you believe because of your grandparents? Was it your grandparents' faith that said, child, this is what you need to believe? You need to believe this because the word of God will help you and God will never leave you for this. And that's what you believe. Do you believe because a pastor told you to believe? But we live in, in a day and times where people need to know, why is it that I believe what I believe? You have to know for sure, like some people say, in your knower, you believe what you believe is true. 
And when I'm talking about what you believe, I'm talking about your belief in God. You have to know without a shadow of a doubt that what I believe about God is true. So tonight, that's what the message is. What do you believe? What do you believe? And I'm going to give you four questions tonight to kind of answer that question, what do you believe? First one is this. You can write this down. Why do you believe what you believe in God? Why do you believe what you believe in God? And I believe that the reason that I believe what I believe in God is, is because the moments that I've experienced in the presence of God. The reason that I believe what I believe in God is because of the moments that I've experienced in his presence. It's his presence that's make those moments real that no one can take away from me. So no matter what people say about God, I know he's real because I've experienced him in his presence. And when you experience God in his presence, you begin to know that, guess what? He is real, and those moments that I had were real, and you can't take that away from me. I believe because I've had moments in his presence. It's, it's when we, we experience God in his presence, it becomes more real. We need more memories or more moments in God's presence to keep what we believe alive. The longer you go without spending time with God's presence and the longer that you go without having moments in God's presence where he touches you, guess what? What you believe starts to dwindle away because the experience is not as real. Why is it not as real? Because you hadn't been in his, in, in his presence to experience those times together. But the more time you spend together in God's presence with him and you allow him to, to move on your heart and, and to heal you and to give you peace and joy and all those things, like we just had a moment in worship just now where we experience God's presence. What is that we're encountering and going back to have more moments with him? Because when a moment, the more times we have more moments with him, the more real it becomes. It's like I become more sensitive to his presence the more time that I have with him. So why do we have prayer on Wednesday nights? Why do we have first Wednesday services? Why do we have Sunday morning services? Because all we're trying to do is create experiences where people can encounter the presence of God. Because we know if people can encounter the presence of God, then they'll realize for themselves, I don't need anybody else to tell me that. I know because God is real, because I've experienced him in his presence. When you experience God in his presence, you'll believe what you believe because you've experienced it. You can't take away your experiences in God's presence. You know, this past Easter, there's a lady in our neighborhood. She and her entire family came to visit the church for the very first time. And the entire service, the lady, she cried, she wept the whole service. I was watching the whole, she cried the whole service. At the end of the service during the altar call, her and her entire family, they got saved. They responded to the altar call. They got saved. And this past week, I was walking the dog in the, um, in the neighborhood, and she stopped me. And she said, and we were talking just about random things, and all of a sudden she says, you know what? God's been speaking to me, and he told me I need to, I need to get back in church. I need to be more consistent. I need to start going to church on Sunday because he's been speaking to me and telling me I need to get there. What is that? She experienced something in God's presence that she knew was real, so now she knows where to go find it again. When you find God in his presence, you always know where to go back to find him. It's not my job. Yes, I can encourage you to spend time in God's presence, but the most important thing is when you experience time in God's presence, he will show you and tell you this is what you need. You need more encounters with me. And I didn't have to go knock on their door and say, hey, where you are? You know we have church every Sunday. No, God's been speaking and dealing with her heart because she's experienced him in a real way. So now she knows that God is real because I've experienced him in his presence. 
And I know that he's real, so I believe because of the moments that I've had in God's presence. Amen? Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29. It reads, but from there you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul, you will find him. You will find him in his presence. You find him in his presence. Psalms chapter 84, verse 1. It reads, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I long, I faint with longing to enter your courts, O Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. How lovely is your dwelling place. What is this? This is talking about God's presence. God's presence is lovely. It's a place that we need to dwell. Amen. So I believe because I've experienced God in his presence. I've known him because of the moments that I've encountered with God. The second thing tonight is how do you know what you believe is true? So we, we've talked about how do, why do I believe what I believe? How do I know what I believe is true? I know it to be true what I believe about God because of the Holy Spirit. I know what I believe about God to be true is because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God that will never leave me nor forsake me. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Talking about the Holy Spirit. 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads you into all truth. So when he leads you into God's presence, where is he leading you? He's leading you to all truths. So I know that what I believe is true because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the advocate that will never leave me nor forsake me, and he leads me in all truths, and he's always leading me to God's presence. He's always leading me back to God's presence. The Holy Spirit reminds me that the moments that I experience with God will lead me to new moments with God. Have you ever been in your room or you just been thinking to yourself and you feel a nudge from the Holy Spirit that says, you need to put on some worship music? Or you need to read your word or you just need to spend some quality time, some alone time with me. Just sit in darkness and, and just let me speak to you. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit leading you to, the, to all truth, which is God's presence. And the more that you become sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he will consistently and constantly lead you to more moments in God's presence so it can become even, even more true because you've encountered him by the leading of the Holy Spirit that leads you into all truths. The Holy Spirit leads you to God's presence. That's how I know it's true. That's how I know it's real because God said that he is our advocate that will never leave us nor forsake us. That's how I know it's true. I believe what I believe and I know that it's true because of the Holy Spirit. And the more I cultivate a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit and allow him to lead me to more moments with God, I have a greater sensitivity to determine how frequent God is really speaking to me. When you cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you'll realize that God is speaking to me more times than I really give him credit for. Some people will say, well, God never speaks to me. Was it God never speaking to you or you just don't have the sensitivity to hear his voice? And the only way to really hear his voice is to cultivate a relationship with him by spending time with him. And when he speaks, you, lead, you allow him to lead you to all truth, which is eventually going to be God's presence. And the more that you do that, you'll believe 
God even more. And you'll know, like, I know with a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit is with me and he leads me to all truth. And what I believe is true because of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's the Holy Spirit. Third thing, why do you know, I'm sorry, what do you do when what you believe is challenged? Now, this is a big one. What do you do when what you believe is challenged? Now, this takes a lot of people out. Some people, they love God's presence. They love spending time in God's presence. Oh, I feel great. I feel so alive. I feel so full of peace and joy. Oh, I feel so light and free. Like all the cares of the world are gone when I'm in God's presence. But as soon as you walk outside of the doors of the church and life hits you and you get challenged, then you say, now what in the world am I supposed to do? Should I even be going to church? Because it seems like the more I pursue God, the more bad things happen to me. It seems like nothing is ever working out with me because now I'm trying to go to church. I'm trying to get my life right. I'm trying to join the life group. I'm trying to join the serve team. I'm trying to go to prayer and church on Sundays. And I'm trying to do all these things. But it seems like the more I try to pursue God, the more I, I feel challenged in what I believe. Because I'm like, God, you said if I pray that good things will happen. Well, it doesn't necessarily say that. But that's what we believe. We believe that, hey, if I start changing my behavior, if I start pursuing God, then all good things are going to happen and all the bad things are going to go away. That's not necessarily true. The word does say that trials and tribulations will come. They did promise those things. So what is that? That's a challenge to what you believe. What happens when you get a diagnosis from a doctor and it challenges God's word where God says that he is a healer? What happens when you lose your job and God says, well, I thought he was Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And now you're being challenged in what you believe. What happens when that friend that you used to go to church with and was a, your, your prayer partner, they backslide and fall away? What, hap what happens when what you believe is being challenged? You know, being challenged, people don't like being challenged. People like being comfortable. We all do. Nobody likes being challenged. Because being challenged stretches you, but being challenged is what we need because it challenges us because God is saying, I'm trying to use this thing to challenge you because I need you to grow. And whenever God wants you to grow, he challenges you in what you believe. Because y'all ever heard new faith um, from glory to glory, from faith to faith? What does that mean? That means you're going to face some challenges along the way to get there. So you have to ask yourself, when God is is, is, is moving and working in my life, and I feel challenged in certain areas, what, you have to ask yourself, God, what are you challenging me to grow in in my life? Instead of looking at it the opposite and saying, God, why are you punishing me? Say, no, God, what are you trying to do in my heart to cause me to grow? Because God will constantly put you in a position of growth. Now, it's up to you or not if you receive that or not. That he, he will never force himself to, he will never make you grow. That's on you. He will always give you the opportunity to grow. It's on us on how we respond to when he challenges us in our faith. Because the very thing that God can be challenging with is the very thing that you need for yourself to grow. You might be frustrated with your life, but you're refusing God's challenging, the, the things that he's challenging you with in your life. You say, well, God, I, I want to draw closer to you. And he says, well, I'm going to challenge you in your faith. I don't want to be challenged in my faith. I just want everything to be easy. Well, you don't want to grow. And God, he challenges us. And, and through my daily readings, we've been reading the book of Job. And I can't think of a person in the Bible that was challenged like Brother Job. I was, I was reading this survey online where people were just asking, it was a random question. They said, in the Bible, what is one story that you just can't believe that is true that happened in the Bible? And someone said, the story of Job. 
Why in the world would God allow the devil to test Job like that? Why would God allow the devil to tempt, uh, not to tempt, but to take and to kill his children, to kill all his flocks, to take his wealth, to have friends come and accuse him about his character and his integrity? Why would the Lord allow Job to do that? And the only thing we could come up with is God was trying to challenge him. The word says that Job was a righteous man. He was a man full of all integrity. And God says, you know what? Devil, you can test Job. You can't uh, do any physical harm to his body. But guess what? This is going to be for Job's good because I'm going to challenge him to grow. And as you read the story of Job, when you get down to verse to chapter 41 and 42, when Job begins to kind of get a little full and he starts with God, he starts asking God questions. And God says, brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you. And God begins to spot off all the things. Do you know where the sun goes or where light goes and where darkness goes in return? And he starts telling them all these things, asking them, do you know this? And he's like, no, you don't know, Job. And at the end of it, Job is in a place where he's like, you know what? I'm so challenged. It doesn't say that, but this is what I can imagine Job says. I have never been challenged like this in my life. I've had everything that I wanted. My life was comfortable. I was a rich man. I had a great family. There was no need for me to be challenged. But now Job has a greater appreciation for who God is because he was challenged in his faith. Everything that he believed, he was challenged to the core. He lost everything, but he still said, you know what? The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Job was challenged. That man was challenged. Only a person that could have everything and lose everything be close to God to say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know if you ever lost anything. How many times have you lost something? You said, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. How, how was that your first reaction when you lost something was, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, I really love that job, but blessed be the name of the Lord. No, you think of how I'm going to pay rent, how I'm going to eat, how I'm going to put gas in my car. That's what you th- That's our first thought. Not, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. No, but Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He lost everything, but Job was challenged. And I love Job and he was being challenged, but y'all being challenged is great for us. Because it's an opportunity for us to grow. And Job, at the end of everything, God gave back Job twice as much as he had before. As his reward for being challenged, God gave Job twice as much as he had before. I'll read it for you. And you can go back and read the story too. But in Job 42, verse 10, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers, sisters, and former friends came and feasted with him in his home, and they consoled him and comforted him because all of the trials the Lord had brought brought against him. And each of them brought him a gift of money and a gold ring. So verse 12, so the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. Now, how many of you can say, I want the Lord to bless me even more in the second half of my life than in the beginning? Because that's what he did to Job, but he had to be challenged to get there. For now, he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. The Lord gave Job more and blessed him more in the second half of his life than he did in the beginning. But Job had to go through some challenging moments to get there. We have to be willing to endure challenging moments when the Lord tests what we believe. But we don't like that. I just want to encourage you today. What is the thing that's challenging your faith right now?
What is the thing that's challenging you that you're like, I want to give up because this is too hard? I just want to encourage you. You could, I'm, I'm not sure what's on the other side, but I know it's the blessing of the Lord. I don't know what it is. I know it's the blessing of the Lord on the other side of whatever the challenge is. So don't give up in the middle of it because you feel like what I believe is being challenged. Yes, it's for you to grow. But at the end of it, it's a reward, and the reward is the Lord's blessing. I don't know what the Lord's blessing is, but I know it's going to be great. Don't forfeit your blessing because it's a challenge. Embrace it. I know it's difficult. We walk through some different things, some difficult things. But guess what? God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit was there. And when you're being challenged, that's why it's so important to go back in his presence to remember those moments, to fuel you, to get through the moments when you're being challenged. That's why we need his presence. Because when we've been challenged, we need to go back to remember those moments because we know it's real. God, I need something that's real when I'm being challenged. What is that? I need to run to your presence. And when I run to his presence, no matter what I'm being challenged with, I say, you know what? I could take a new grip with my tired and weary hands because I know that the Lord is with me. And I know that there's a blessing on the other side of this. And I'm going to walk through this. Amen? Amen. Don't allow the challenges to destroy you. Look at it as an opportunity for growth. The very challenges you are currently facing could very well be God allowing you to get more than what you ever thought you could ever receive. You know, some of us are believing for all types of things. I don't know what it is what you're believing for, but everybody's believing for something. Could it be that the very thing that you're believing for is on the other side of a challenge? Don't give up too soon. Amen? This is the fourth and last thing. So, do you share what you believe with others. Do you share what you believe with others? We want to see as many people as possible enter eternity in heaven, but they can't enter if we don't tell them. And this is something else I know about sharing our faith. If you haven't had enough encounters with God in his presence, you'll never be provoked to tell someone else about what God has done. Think about how many times that God has touched you in, your mom, in, in his presence that you couldn't wait to tell somebody else what you just experienced in God. It's just like a person in a new relationship. They can't wait to tell you about what's going on. Ooh, child, I'm so, he's so sweet. <laughs> he bought me some flowers and, bro, she cooked me a, ooh, she cooked some food. It was so good and I just love spending time with her. A person in a new relationship, they can't wait to tell you about that person. Why? Because they spent time with them. And the more time they spend with them, the more infatuated they get, the more in love with they get, and the more they can't stop telling everybody, you get sick of, oh, here they go talk about their relationship again. That's all they want to talk about is they boo this and they boo that, and that's all they talk about. What is that? They've experienced something that they have to share with others. They experienced something so great that like, I can't keep quiet about it. That's what it is about your faith. When you go back and you experience God in his presence, it will compel to you say, I've experienced something so great, I can't keep it to myself. I got to tell somebody. Think about how many people you know are miserable right now. Don't you think they need some good news? Don't, they, don't they, you think you need to encourage them? Girl, let me tell you, I know you're going through a difficult kind of time, but come to church with me and experience God in his presence, and I'm telling you what I feel on the inside, you can feel the same thing. What is that? That's good news. That's good news to somebody that's depressed. I know when I was depressed, if somebody would have told me, all you have to do, come see God in his presence, and all the depression and all the things you feel, I'm telling you, he could take it away in a moment. You don't have to go to, to the clubs and the bars, and you don't have to do all that. All you got to do is run to God's presence. 
If somebody would have told me that a lot sooner, I think I probably would have ran to it, y'all. But in my mind, I didn't surround myself with people like that. But that's why it's so important for us that when we know people are hurting, we have to be the extension of Christ to say, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to share the good news everywhere that I go. People on the workplace that are, that are away from God, I'm going to share the good news with them. I see the lady in the store that she just looks depressed. She got kids draped all over her. She looks like she's tired and about to pass out. I need to share her some good news with her. Everywhere that we go, we should be compelled to share the good news about God. And what we're saying is come experience whatever I, I experience in God's presence. And if you don't have a, a, a consistent time of spending time in God's presence, it'll be hard for you to share your faith because you're like, I don't know what to tell them. I don't really know what to say. Sharing your faith is not really hard. All you're really doing is sharing your experiences with God. Man, let me tell you about last Wednesday in prayer. Let me tell you about this time, this past Sunday in church. What is that? That's easy to tell because that's something you've experienced. And the more that you experience, the easier it is to share what you've experienced. But if you hadn't experienced anything, you, you ever been in a conversation with someone that they've been to a place that you've never been to? And you like, you want to give your input, but you're like, I don't have anything to say because I can't relate to that. And you're like, ooh, mm-hmm, that's, ooh that, mm, that sounds good. I think I might have to try that. Oh, yeah. So what, what was that place again? I'm going to have to write that down. It's like you want to say something, but you can't because you hadn't experienced it. But being in a conversation where someone talks about something that you've experienced, boy, oh, yes, I can testify to that. I'm telling you, that's the best po' boy I ever had in my life. I went down there last week. Why? Because you've experienced it. And when you've experienced something, it's easy to share your experience with other people. We need more moments in God's presence. So that's why we, it's important for us to get in God's presence so we can experience those things so we know. I know what I believe is real because I've experienced God's presence. I know for it to be true because the Holy Spirit is with me and the Holy Spirit leads me to all truth. And when I'm being challenged, I know I can run back to God's presence and get refreshed and get renewed for the fight because I know it's a battle, but I know where I can run to get my protection. I know where I can get my peace. I know where I can run to get my joy because I know when I finish this battle, there's a reward on the other side of me, and I'm going to share this with everybody I know because they need to experience the same thing that I just experienced. What do you believe? So what do you believe? The things that I just said, do you believe that? Or is it just like, ah? Uh, I don't know. The whole point that I'm trying to get you to do is this. Encounter God in his presence. And you don't have to take my word for it. Experience it for yourself. Experience him for yourself. All we want to do is create opportunities for people to encounter God in a real, tangible way. Get into God. If you, if, if you feel like getting into God is hard, somebody lied to you. I want to take the pressure and the weight off of you right now. Getting to God is simple. Sometimes you say, it can't be this simple. Yes, it is. It's very simple. It's not difficult. It's not hard. You don't have to be saved 30 years. You can experience, you don't even have to read the Bible to experience God in his presence. It's very, very simple. I want to take the burden off of you right now. Just get in God's presence. Well, what do I do when I get there? If you, I don't know what to do. Just, just sit there and just say, God, speak to me. That's simple. Sometimes it's just that simple. God, I need to feel your touch. And when you do that, you make a practice of doing that, I'm telling you, you will have a relationship with God greater than you could ever imagine because you've made a practice of just going to his presence. 
And the more you go to his presence, the more real he'll become. Those experiences, you'll long for them. You'll become addicted to his presence. You say, I'm a river junkie. I'm a a junkie for his presence, y'all. I just got to get a fix. That's the kind of fix you need, his presence. I'm telling you, get in God's presence. It will change your life. Just get in his presence. That's all you got to do. Whatever you walk through, you can find whatever thing you need in his presence. Amen? Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. In his presence. And I want to read these two verses before we close. Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. Romans 10, 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they, don't, if they have never heard of him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. So what do I do from here? Go out and bring the good news to those around you. What do we do? Our mission statement is united by truth, developed in relationship to reach the world around us. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring the good news to all those around us, to the world around us. That's what we're trying to do. So in the last few moments, I just want to pray. You say, man, I just want to find purpose in God. I've been been so unfulfilled in my purpose and in my walk with God. I would encourage you, if you feel that you're unfulfilled in your calling to God and your walk with God, if you feel frustrated in your walk with God, I would just want to encourage you, go start telling other people about God's presence. Go start telling other people about what God has done in your life. And what it'll do is, yes, it will encourage them, but it'll encourage you. And what you will find is a passion and, and it will start to ignite in your heart that you'll say, God, I love you. Thank you so much for saving me when you start seeing other people's lives being changed because God is using you to draw others to him. That's why we can't neglect preaching the good news and sharing the good news everywhere that we go because not only does it encourage the person that's hearing it, it encourages us. So if you need encouragement, I want to encourage you, go share the good news with someone. Just tell one testimony of what God has done in your life to someone else. And I promise you, when you walk away from that encounter, you're going to be encouraged. Encourage yourself by encouraging others to pursue the Lord. And I just want to pray for everyone in the room and everyone watching online right now. I just want to pray right now for anyone walking through a difficult challenge. I just want to pray for you. Lord, I just thank you right now for any person that's walking through difficult waters, that's being challenged in what they believe. I rebuke the attack of the enemy off their mind right now. I rebuke the enemy that would try to put other people in their lives to distract and hinder what you're trying to accomplish in their lives. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that by your leading, you lead us to all truth. You'll never lead us or forsake us. You'll never lead us in danger. And I pray that we have a greater sensitivity to you that even when we face challenges, we'll lean on the Holy Spirit to walk us and bring us to the truth, to the truth of your word, to the truth of your presence, to more encounters with you, to help us in our time of need. When we feel like we want to give up and quit, when we feel like we want to turn our back and walk away, that we will run to your presence to be renewed, to be strengthened, to find the faith and the hope that we need to continue to carry on, to receive the prize that you have for us in the end. And I thank you, Lord, for your presence. 
Thank you for the encounters that we'd have with you today. And I just pray right now for any person that's away from you, that in this moment that they would find you. Speak to their hearts clearly right now. Salvation is for you right now. If you need salvation, just receive it from the Lord. You don't need me to pray a prayer. It's between you and God anyway. Just say, say in your own heart, God, I need you. God, I, I repent of my sin. I need you to come into my heart. God, save me. You say that with all of your heart and out of your mouth right now, God is with you and you're saved. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Lord, I thank you right now for those that need salvation. I pray that right now in this moment that they will come into a right relationship with you. I bind every lie and every attack of the enemy that would hinder them from pursuing you and following after you. And I thank you that your goodness and mercy is with them and that they would experience you in real and tangible ways. Lord, we thank you for your presence. I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. And Lord, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. What do you believe? What do you believe? Well, guys, that concludes the message for today for our first Wednesday service for the month of September. We'd love to invite you to church this Sunday, uh, 10 a.m. We'll be right here. We'd love to, to, to be with you. This is going to be Communion Sunday. First Sunday of every month we do communion. Come be a part of communion with us. We'd love to see you in the building. We'll be right here at 10 o'clock. We love you guys. We hope you have a great, great rest of the week. Hope to see you Sunday. Good night. You'll have a great rest of your night. Amen. Amen.